Before we get started with the show today, I have a listener to thank for a donation. Pamela Wamala sent us $25 via PayPal. She also sent us a very nice note. It says, thank you. What a treasure trove of information in these podcasts and fabulous company in the studio. Thank you both so very much. Well, thank you, Pamela. We really appreciate your support, and we look forward to producing these podcasts every week for you. If you would like your own shout out on the Messy Studio Podcast, just go to www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the donate button. It's a yellow button in the upper right hand corner that says donate. And there you can set up a single time or a recurring monthly donation for literally any amount. So that's www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the donate button. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's show, we're going to be talking about working with intentions. A key aspect of establishing your personal voice is figuring out what is most important to you in your work. What do you want to communicate to other people? What responses do you hope to evoke? The process of defining these intentions can be challenging, involving some basic but important questions and may take some time to process and refine. But clear intentions are a powerful tool in growing your work. Today we will look at the process of clarifying your intentions and what the advantages for doing so are. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello everyone. So my experience with setting intentions uh, goes back a few years, um, and I don't remember when it was, but I I took an online course with Allison B. Stanfield about um, writing about your art, and one of the things that she had us do um, was to go through a process of introspection and thinking about what was important to me or to each of the people that were taking the course about their work. And... um, and then to come up with some qualities and ideas about the work that we're going to sustain and inspire. And so um, I made a list, which I'll share parts of it with you in just a minute. Um, but what's really interesting to me is that I, I think this was at least 15 years ago, and I can still look at this list and say, yeah, those are those are really core things for me. I mean, I probably interpret some of them differently now than when I made the list, but there was something powerful about writing them down and sort of setting them in my mind as intentions and seeing, you know, how that's evolved over the years. So um, I, I'm going to read just a few of those from my list um, here. And one of them is connection. And I realized even as I wrote that word down that it I could look at it different ways. Like I wanted to feel a strong connection to my work, um, but I wanted other people to connect to it. And I wanted various uh, work, you know, various paintings and things to connect with one another. And so that word has always been kind of powerful for me. Um, I also wrote down complexity. I have never really been interested in... Um, you know, very simple work, although I admire minimalism. Um, It doesn't seem to be me exactly. Um, I wanted it to be, my work to be open-ended, open to interpretation. Uh, I wanted it to have a richness to it. I guess that goes along with complexity, uh, to have some tension and energy. 
to have a presence. And by that, I I wrote down what I meant by that was that um, the painting would transcend the technique. In other words, you wouldn't look at the painting right away and think, "Oh, how did you know? How did she do that?" But rather, there would be some something about it that would uh, grab the viewer on a different level. And you know, there were some other ones as well. I, I listed authenticity, and that's one that uh, you and I just talked about um, in another podcast. And I guess by that I really meant um, originality, and you know, really coming from myself. Um, and I wanted it to be very personal. So that's not the entire list, but those are those are the ones I that sort of stand out and you know remain true. And most of those are kind of big ideas. You know, they're kind of <laughs> inclusive, and they could cover a lot of ground. So. Um, I like the idea of using kind of, you know, broader words that have this kind of flexibility. I will say that at other times, uh, working on a specific project or body of work or series, um, I've, I've made other intentions. You know, I've like narrowed it down and been more specific. Maybe I'm stuck. Maybe I'm trying to work my way through some ideas. And then I, you know, I would write down things that were more, um, you know, focused on the work that I was doing. Yeah, this process of kind of identifying and clarifying and actually physically writing down things uh, is something that is recommended for a lot of different practices. Um, Mm -hmm. It can be a a part of a planning stage for any project. Um, And uh, it's something that's often recommended to do with with goals um, in the the kind of entrepreneurial world. Um, But these are kind of different things from goals, aren't they? Um, I, I see them. I see them as kind of encompassing goals, but I think they also recognize what already is. I mean, they, they say, this is who I am. This is, this is not only what I want going forward, but this is what's important to me right now. So I would say they're a little bit different. Um, and goals usually are more kind of more precise, I would say, um, with, you know, achievable steps to get there. <laughs> intentions are a little broader um and they they do have a lot of power as you say they're doing this uh is recommended for a lot of different practices that people have and i think um you know in the intervening years from when this was uh, an exercise that i did i think more and more we understand um psychologically how powerful these can be and i think it's so interesting that the actual, just the act of of setting them down, starts to work uh, on a uh, a level kind of beneath awareness, and that's what I I credit for these still being important to me in a way because they they have guided my work for for a long time, and I think that's uh, impressive <laughs> to to be able to say this is what I want, and then years later say yes. It is still what I want. Um, I think the you know when you when you hit on the right ones, I think it, it's really getting to your core self, to what you really believe is important. And they also there is that aspect where they um, you want to continue with them because they are important. And that way, they're a little bit like goals. Um, you know, they they just kind of set your parameters about who you are and what you're trying to do. And I do think that a very important part is actually writing them down. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because that's yeah. there's there's maybe two aspects of that practical and maybe something a little bit more metaphysical. Um, but there's there's certainly um, there's something that just changes in the way that we perceive something once it's written down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's anyone who does a lot of writing knows that, um, in the process of writing something, you clarify your own perception of it. Um, being forced to put something into words and put it down in a way that somebody else can pick it up and read it and understand it forces you to clarify your own thinking. Yeah, that's really true. But there's also something about just bringing an idea into physical reality, even if it's only the physicality of a piece of paper and a pen, that mm-hmm. maybe is something a little bit more metaphysical and having to do with with manifestation or something like that. Yeah, I I think we don't know exactly how this works, and I think it's interesting what you just said, um, and what. You know, what you actually do with this paper is also kind of interesting. I mean, I know people that uh, that keep it very visible. Um, when they write them down, it's on their wall of the studio or it's in a notebook that they look at all the time. And other people might put it away. Um, I think that's a, a personal choice, whether you're actually looking at this all the time. I know I had mine um, pinned on the wall for quite a long time. And that's kind of where I discovered it later. I found this little tattered piece of paper, which I really had not looked at for a long time. And I realized what it was. So, um, so yeah, actually writing it down. And that, it, like you said, helps you clarify and kind of see where, where the connections are. I mean, you might write down several things and realize that they, they kind of fall under one idea and then if you group them together, they can be more powerful um, that way. And, you know, before I, I wanted to go into a little bit about, you know, actually how you do this process. But be, before I get into that, I've had people say, yeah, but, you know, I just like to be really spontaneous and intuitive. I don't want to write stuff down. Um, and I think, but I think what you said is important. And I think that one of your... Um, your intentions can be to be intuitive and spontaneous. That's a perfectly fine intention. <laughs> and yeah, write it down. Um, it anything on this list is is actually very freeing because if you can start to incorporate it on an unconscious level, it kind of frees you from um, having to think about it all the time. So I think actually working intuitively is a great one <laughs> for the list. Um, so kind of getting down to specifics, like how do you figure these things out can be difficult, as you said in the intro, um, because uh, we we hear a lot from other people about what we should be doing. And we have these kind of um, inner voices from teachers or ourselves, um, kind of aware of like what pleases other people. And so kind of going back to the podcast, it was, um, I think, number 130, uh, that we did about the need to be authentic. That's really, uh, this is a really good follow-up to that because this is getting down to, yeah, what is that um, authentic part of ourselves that we want to work from? Um, and and writing down these things, and the ones I you know read out are examples, but everybody would have their own. Sometimes you think of some of them right away and they're just so obvious to you. Others might take some time. Um but one of the questions is a good one to ask is, 
Um, how would you like somebody else to talk about your work? Like, what would you like ideally for somebody to say about it? And that gives you some kind of takes you out of your own head and a little bit and gives you a slightly more maybe objective view and and the things that you would really love for somebody to say like oh that's really powerful or you know it, it really has a lot of energy or something and whatever those things are that's a really good place to start um and also some ideas could come out of actually being critical of your own work as in um what am I doing that I feel sort of compelled to do, but it isn't isn't quite getting there? It isn't quite right. How could I frame that in a bigger way uh, to make it an intention that's going to help help see me through these struggles that I'm having? Um, and I was I was thinking of an example. Um, we talked about scale not too long ago in a podcast. And maybe you feel sort of tired of working in a medium kind of scale, which is kind of the default mode. And maybe sometimes you think about working bigger. So you could say that your intention was to work bigger, but you know that's kind of a, a small intention. That's something that might last for a little while, but not for a long time. But scale is often tied to how the work is perceived. Uh, is it powerful? Is it strong? Does it have presence? And maybe those are the kind of things you want, maybe um, to have the presence of a large painting. And that's a bigger intention that you could work from. So uh, that's a little confusing maybe, but I'm, I'm thinking if you have criticisms of your own work, maybe you can frame them in a way that are that give you some bigger intentions that you can um, work with. That seems like kind of the difference between like a short-term and a long-term goal. Uh, yes. You know, a, a short term goal might be to uh, to work at, at an increased scale and a long term goal might be to increase the presence of your, or the impact of your work. Um, yeah. And maybe we can think about intentions kind of that same way. But do you think intentions typically should fit into that long term category as a rule? I think I think this basic core list should be as big as you can make it. Because that's the most flexible. And those are the ones that are going to be like the highest guidance for your work. And then, as you were just saying, breaking it down uh, for shorter term ideas and goals and intentions that you feel, this is my next step. Uh, my next step in making my work more powerful might be to increase my scale. But you're doing it under this kind of overriding idea and I, I find those overriding ideas to be the most uh, powerful and, and guiding ones. Hey guys, I want to take just a quick moment to talk to you about Multimedia Artboard. Are you tired of wrestling with painting surfaces that buckle and curl? Multimedia Artboard products are your simple, effective solution. Multimedia Artboard products are dimensionally stable and archival. They work for many different media, including cold wax, pastel, oil, and acrylic. They also offer the lightest plein air panels in the world. Look, they're friends of the show, and we actually use and like their products. Right now, they have a 4th of July sale coming up that runs Thursday, July 2nd through Monday the 6th. And you'll get 30% off at checkout using promo code MESSY. So go to www.multimediaartboard.com and remember to use the promo code MESSY, that's M-E-S-S-Y, at checkout for 30% off. Back to the show. 
um, and some other things to think about in finding these things. Um, I, you know, I often read interviews with artists who have been very accomplished or things they've written. Maybe they've written a book and they often say things, um, that talk about their process and the way they work that really spark, um, my response, you know, I feel like that's a good way to work. That's a good way to think about things. And so sometimes you can find inspiration what other people have written, even if their work is very different from yours. And, you know, it could they could be a sculptor and you could be a painter or whatever, but it's that basic process. Oftentimes people that have a lot of experience are able to put it into words and you can find um, interesting ideas that way. Um your own work from the past, um, particularly successful things that you really felt nailed it, sometimes those can guide you too. Um, whether it's a particular work of art or a series, but you felt like you were really on track, and those can provide some ideas. Um, things that you're interested in, what other people do, may or may not fit your own intentions. I mean, we can look at a lot of different kinds of work and find it admirable and interesting. Um, but intuitively, you may sense that you're drawn, say, to very colorful work, and that's something that also feels right to you, and so that can become part of an intention. Um, so, yeah, it's basically these kind of big ideas that offer some guidance, but also flexibility and allow for your changes over time. But they feel really like you. They feel authentic. Um, but, you know, and what you mentioned, too, about manifestation, um, I think it's okay to have some of these that do feel a little more like goals, like you're not really there yet. <laughs> but because this process does have this power to make these things happen. Um, I think that's fine to have some that are seem a little out of reach. Uh, they're not actualities yet, but that's where you're going. So why do all this? I mean, we've kind of touched on that. Um, it It's powerful for guiding your work. Uh, there's some, you know, maybe some more practical things as well. What, we're often asked to talk about our work, right? Um, write about it, speak about it. And these intentions can form the framework for those kind of statements that you need to make about your work, um, artist statements, uh, uh, giving a talk in a gallery and that sort of thing. They give you a vocabulary for what it is that you feel your voice is, your direction is. They are very practical for evaluating your own work. Um, in the sense of, is this painting finished? And you're looking at it, and maybe you get out that list and you say, how many of these qualities do I see in the work? Um, maybe they're not all there, that's okay. But are you are you heading in the right direction with a number of things that you want in your work? Um, they help you stay on track. I mean, we're all pulled in different directions at times. And we all need a certain amount of latitude for that as well, you know, trying new things, new ideas, experimenting. But if you can kind of come back to these central core ideas, you can see that these tangents and other ways of working do connect. And 
So it kind of helps you to see your work in a, in a holistic way. Um, when somebody critiques your work, when somebody says something to you about your work, this is another time when these intentions can be helpful because um, sometimes people say things that are, they are kind of off track. They're, they're saying something that isn't really something you're concerned about. And so it can throw you and you can say, oh, well, maybe I should be concerned about that. Um, but again, returning to your own core beliefs, intentions, you can decide, you know, is that important? Is that really what I want to listen to? Um, they can help you when you're blocked, when you're stuck. Um, they, they kind of, kind of refresh your ideas about what it is that you want. Uh, bring consistency to your work, strength. So I think the basic really good thing about these is, it's knowing what you want. Um, I love this Agnes Martin quote, um, all we really need to know is exactly what we want. <laughs> it's like, yes, Agnes, easier said than done. Uh, but it, it's such a strong statement. And when you apply, when you can apply that to your work, it's very helpful. And you're going to probably communicate much better uh, with your audience, with your viewers, because you know what you want, and it's going to come through. Um, there's a lot of work that isn't very developed where it's really kind of wishy-washy, like, what, what is going on? You know, what is the main idea here? And that if you're in that phase, this can really help pull out of it and say, okay, this is, this is where I'm going. Um, so I think those are all reasons to do this, to devote some time to it and take it seriously. And it it can be an evolving thing. I mean, you don't have to sit down and make this list all at once. And sometimes when I'm teaching a workshop, I'll bring up the idea and I'll say, well, how about if everybody tries to write down some intentions? Some people are able to do this and write some really you know, powerful intentions in a matter of a couple of hours. I mean, I usually say, why don't you work on this overnight and bring it back in the morning or something like that, or at the end of the week. Other people can't really get there yet. And so don't be discouraged if, you know, it's kind of hard to come up with these. Um, One of the deciding factors, I'd say, in whether somebody – um, really achieves a certain amount of success in, in whatever they're doing, whether that's art or something else, um, is a, a mindset um, where you believe that you have control over your life um, and where hmm. the, you are able to make decisions that determine the outcomes in your life. And that's something that is not easy to achieve, uh, that, that level of confidence um, yeah. And especially when it, we all have kind of experienced over the last few months and are continuing to experience a lot of upheaval um, you know, socially and uh, politically. And there's a lot going on in the world that we don't have any control over. Um, and so but your art is something that you do control. And I think that it's very important to your mindset and to. Uh, your ability to stay motivated and to achieve what you want to achieve out, out of your artwork, whatever that is, to 
believe that you are capable of controlling those outcomes within within the things that you can control, which your art is absolutely one of them. Um, yeah, and and to really dedicate the uh, the the time and the energy to to really clarifying what that is that you that you want. Yeah, that's really powerful. I mean, um, and I think there's a there's a level of trust here too that. Um, in yourself and and trust that these things will evolve even if you're at the beginning um, because of just what you said that you have the power to focus control and work with the things that are important to you um, and know what they are and and to I think it it builds your self-esteem as an artist um, and and saying um, being able to look at these kind of big ideas that are important to you um, and say, yeah, I'm, I'm working on this. I'm getting there. I am controlling it um, is, is makes you feel strong. I think makes you feel like, yes, you can say I'm an artist and this is what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, and kind of getting back to talking about it, writing about it as well, being able to communicate to other people what these things are is inspiring. It allows people to enter your work. Um, when they, even if they don't see it right away, if you're talking about it and explaining it in these terms, um, the communication, the power of a communication can really be improved, I think. Um, so it, it, yeah, it's all good. I mean, these are, I, th I think it's also important to realize that although there's a lot of things happening in the world that you can't control, Chances are that the things that you can control have a much larger impact on your life than those things which mm. you can't control. Mm. And in terms of overall broad outcomes in your life, uh, in your work, with your family, uh, in, in very broad areas of your life, not just your art practice, but um, your life as a whole, the things that you control have a much bigger impact than what's happening in the news. And if you focus on those things, which you can mm -hmm. control and you set your goals and you set your intentions and you, you clarify them and you pay attention to them, you're, you're yeah. going to see a, a huge amount of, of positive outcomes. I'm not going to say whether that's monetary success because it might not be or success in your relationships um, but it's it, you are going to see positive outcomes as a result of focusing on those things which you can control. Yeah, and, and recognizing that there are things like that. I mean, we all have the sense of some things are out of our control, and, and it could be scary, but the things that are our personal responsibilities are different, and this is one of them. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Um. I think that, uh, as you brought up early on, this practice, setting intentions, is valuable in a lot of areas of your life. And hopefully, um, this episode has helped you to see it, how it works in your art practice or how it can potentially work. And there's lots of flexibility here. There's lots of um, ways to do this. And, um, you know, some people like a visible reminder others just put them aside um they intentions are not meant to dictate what you do but 
to reflect who you are and provide guidance, personal guidance and um, inspiration, energy, and as you mentioned, um, a sense of control over what you're doing. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and www.squeegeepress.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.